Good morning, good morning, good morning. And welcome to House C Internet Radio. We're located at 23167 here in Beatrice, Alabama. We want to thank you for being here with us. God is awfully good. It's good all the time. Let us go to the throne. Our Father and Savior Jesus Christ, and Maker and Creator of all things. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to bless someone with words of wisdom. Be with us and guide us as we talk to your children. Be with us and guide us as we talk to. Christians throughout the world. We're playing some music from that were requested that we play and make a CD for for Sister Joyce Oliver, the wife of Reverend Waylon Oliver of Antioch Number One Baptist Church over in Tunnel Springs, Alabama, and Lily Baptist Church in Frisco City. We made the CD. And it proved to be very spiritual blessing to me as well. So with that, we begin today the Joyce Oliver Ministry. Be with us and guide us. We hope that she be safe in her travels and in her life and her family, her and sister, brother, and Reverend Waylon Oliver. Sit back and relax as we bring you the word, Jesus, that we may be able to bless somebody this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. These are many blessings we ask in thy son, Jesus' name. Amen.
salvation, salvation is free on this Friday morning, maybe a Saturday, maybe a Sunday, maybe a Monday, whatever time it is. We all have a charge to keep. Yes, sir. Step out knowing 
Good morning, good morning, and welcome again to the ministry for Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday, whatever day it is, wherever you are, God is absolutely in control. Today, we focus on who is like the Lord, Psalms number 113, God continues praise, Psalms 113, praise you the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord, our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbles himself to hold the things that are in heaven and in the earth, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and the earth. He raises up the poor out of the dust, he lifted the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Today we begin the start of the Joyce Oliver Ministry, old gospel song hymns and prayers with the day's guide with Jesus' words. Today with Psalms 113, Who is like the Lord? I thought one time that I would go by way of boat, but I decided 
Six foot time is limited that all fly. And uh, the, when we were about to get on board of the ship, uh, some official gave all the passengers a little pamphlet, a little folder with uh, the name of the pilots and the name of the students and the name of the whole crew. Yeah. I read those names yeah. with a lot of interest. Yeah. I wanted to know the man that we sitting at the wheel. And I wanted to know the surety that there was going to be watching over me while I wing my way on that land. And I read it because I was interested in to know whose hand I was in. Yeah. And I want to tell you, on the old ship of mine, yeah. oh, they have a crew. Yeah. And I'd like to tell you who the head of the crew is yeah. and what his name is. Yeah. Shout out to my friend over in Thomasville, Alabama. Thomas E. Jackson. God bless you and May you return to your ministry when God see fit. Keep your hand in Jesus' hand. A shout out and a prayer for all the ministers that carry God's word. Our sins are ever before me. Our sins are ever before us. No matter who you are or what you do, God knows all that you do and everything that you do. Be weary. And be awesomely concerned about working out your soul's salvation down here on this earth. You're only here temporarily. And he has a place for you. You make that place by the choices that you make down here on earth. God, God, every minister, every teacher, every singer that praises God as their mission. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
A little bit of message for you and there's an understanding of the songs and so forth is praise. 113.1, the Hallelujah songs are the following. Songs 104 through 106, 111 through 113, 115 through 117, 135, 146 through 150, of these songs, 135 through 136 and 146 through 150 were used in daily synagogue worship. Songs 113 through 118 were called the Egyptian Hallowed and were used in connection with the Feast of the Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacle, and Dedications. At the Passover celebration, the early portions of these songs was sung before the feast, Psalms 115 and 118. The great hallowed was sung after the last cup, Matthew the 26th chapter and verses number 30. Hallelujah, the Greek form of the Hebrew hallelujah is directly translated to the English text in the King James Version in Revelations 1 and Revelations 19 1, 3, 4, and 6 more about the Hallelujah Praise Song
need you every day, Jesus, to walk with me. I need you every day, Jesus, to walk with me. You're listening to How See Internet Radio, the Joyce Oliver Ministry of Old Gospel Songs, Hymns, and Prayers, with your daily guide, with your walk I'm with Jesus. Church. Walk with Jesus. Yes, I am.
Continue your walk with Jesus Christ, God Almighty, the Creator. Oh, we're just going to have church.
in praise of God's word. Blessed of the God-fearing man, God continued praise and praise of the Exodus. The God alone to be the God. To God be the alone be the glory. The gratitude of the redeemed. The universal praise of God. The love and kindness of the Lord. Lord God, we thank you for the, your presence, your power, your provisions, and for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Allow your spirit to guide our dreams to ensure that they are aligned with your will so that they might benefit the kingdom of God. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray this prayer. Amen. You listen to the Joyce Oliver Ministry of Old Gospel Songs and Praise with a daily guide with Jesus' word.
Cause there's another time that we call on your holy name You stop by our home today, Lord Bless our children Bless our entire family, Lord Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us Thank you for down through the years For giving us our health and our strength Lord, we thank you for everything That you already done for us, Lord Somebody, somebody needs you right now Somebody needs you for one thing. Somebody needs you for another. Oh, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, if they call your holy name in honest prayer, bring it to them, Jesus. Ah, bring it to them. Lord, have mercy right now. Have mercy on the prisoner bound in jail. Have mercy on the people in the sick ward. Some of them can't even turn over in the bed. Lord, you got all
steadfast praise for God. Praise for God. Wonderful, wonderful words. Praise him, praise him, call his name right now, praise him. Trust him, trust him.
that's trusting in the Lord, just wave your hand. In the Lord. You got to hang on in there anyhow. Can I get a witness in here? In the Lord. Wait a minute. In the Lord. Bring it down one more time. In the Lord. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I had Frank Williams here tonight, he would come on down. And he would tell him. He would say, in the Lord, yeah. He would say, in the Lord, yeah. Y'all don't like this tonight. And, uh, Frank would tell you, when I was sick, the Lord touched my body. We got James Lord here, and I can tell you God been good to me. He made a way out of nowhere. Ah! In the Lord, come on, cry. In the Lord, in the Lord. Can you hear me saying in the Lord? In the Lord. Trust in Jesus Christ. God is awfully good. He has been blessing us over and over and over again. We're so glad that salvation is absolutely free. As we continue here with the word on the Joyce Oliver ministry of uh, old gospel songs, hymns, and prayers, with a daily guide, if you walk with God's word, blessed of the God-fearing man. Our final word for this session and we hope you'll join us for our next session coming up, God willing. This is Psalms number 112. Praise ye the Lord, blessed Lord, who delighted greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generations of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there arises light, in the darkness he is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor, and flendeth he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely 
he shall not be moved forever. The righteousness shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He has distributed. He has given to the poor his righteousness and do it forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gasp with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. One more scripture in this session as we turn to Mark, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 9. The servant's obedience unto death. This message right here is a message for you as well. This servant we are talking about right now is Jesus Christ, God Almighty, our Creator, who sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting to hear you call. We are talking about the one and only Jesus Christ, the Son of God. After two days was the feast of the Passover, and unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. Jesus was anointed by Mary of Bethany. You can see that in Matthews, the 26th chapter, verses 6 through 13, and John, verses 12, 1 through 8. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as they sat eating, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured the ointment on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred denarii, and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whenever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She had done what she could, she is come beforehand to anoint me, my body, for the burial. And finally the very ninth verse. Verily I say unto you, wherever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial to God. On behalf of all of us, here at Housey Internet Radio and the unveiling of the Joyce Oliver Ministry of Old Gospels, Hymns and Prayers with a Daily Walk God Word. We thank you. God bless you. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.
Good evening. We hope you, you have enjoyed the uh, first 58 minutes or so of um, the Joyce Oliver Ministry. Today is a rainy Sunday, which is the Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers throughout the world and wherever they are that celebrate fathers. Every day is a Father's Day. We want to thank you for being a part of our ministry for today on this Sunday. We're going to uh, continue with uh, the Sunday School lesson for today. Sunday School is, is out of Unit 1, The Prophet Proclaims God's Power, lesson June the 18th, 2023, all for one and one for all. Um, the, the devotional reading come out of Isaiah, the 50th chapter, verses 4 through 9, and our print text come out of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 21 through 28. We hope you will enjoy this, uh, it runs about um, 58 minutes or so. So sit back and relax, and we hope you follow along with the Sunday School lesson for today. God bless you. Thank you. Sunday, the third Sunday, June the 18th. Uh, we are in the third third lesson of the quarter at a glance we're in the third, third lesson a quarter at a glance at a glance the quarter study is the righteous reign of god the study explores the broad sweep of uh, biblical teaching about the nature of god's reign beginning with the old testament declaration of God's righteous power, God's righteous power. We are in unit number one. We are in unit number one, unit number one. Uh, and unit number one is the prophet proclaims God's power. It's a five-week study of the reign of God as depicted in the books of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zephaniah and Zechariah, taken as a whole, what does these prophet texts teach us about the, what does the prophetic text teach us about the kind of rule that God exerts over the earth inhabitants? Um, the first two lessons advances the theme of God's power and peaceful reign. We already completed those and hope you were part of those. Lesson number three which is today introduces the concept of God's servant king, the promised Messiah. And four and five, four and five explore the concept of God's appointing king. As we get ready to move forward today in the Sunday school lesson, we hope everything is going well for you. We want to give a special shout out to Antioch number one down there in Tonus Spring, where Rowan Wayland Oliver is our pastor. Sister Joyce is our first lady, and all of the deacons, uh, Clark, and all of the members of Antioch, Tony, Brother Richard. We have lost uh, one of our um, deacons recently, uh, Deacon, um, we call him Buddy, Brother Richardson. And uh, death has been in our midst quite often here lately, but God is still good, and he's absolutely in control. Let us go to the throne. Let us go to the throne. Our Father and Savior, Jesus Christ, the maker and creator of all things, 
external God, our Father, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity to be a part of your agenda, your ministry. Thank you for making me an instrument of your service that I may impact and influence the lives of those whom you have placed in my sphere of control. Your place in my sphere of control, members of this community, members of my church and assisted churches and people all over the world. Thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity. Help me accept them as they are and that they lead come what you would have come. I ask for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your all-encompassing power and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in teaching that word. In behalf of all of us at Antioch and all of God's people all over the world, we thank you, Jesus, again for this opportunity. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We hope everything is going well for you. God is absolutely good. He is good all of the time. Um, Summer Quarter 23, Unit 1, The Prophet Proclaims God's Power. This is Lesson 3, June the 18th, 2023. Uh, we hope you have took the opportunity to read the devotion reading that came out of Isaiah, the 50th chapter, verses 4 through 9. The background scripture came out of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 15 through 28. Verses 15 through 28. Our print passage, our print passage came out of Ezekiel 37, verses 21 through 28. And what is our key verse for today? Our key verse for today. My tabernacle also shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Ezekiel 37, verses 27 of the King James Version. And the NIV version of that same scripture is, My dwelling place will be with them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. What is the big subject for today? All for one and one for all. What is the aim of this lesson? As a result of experiencing this lesson, the participants should be able to do these things. Understand how the unity of God's people and the covenant of peace reveals God to us and to the nation. The unity of God's people. Value unity over personal preferences. I want to stick a pen in that words right there. Value unity over personal preferences. All right, next, grow to examine sources of disunity within the church and develop a plan for peace and harmony. Is there disunity in your church? Is there disunity in your church? I will leave that up to you personally to answer about disunity in your church. All right. Some key words for you today. Decree, a thing prescribed, enactment, ordinance, custom, statute. Something that has been declared. Decree, nation, people, Gentiles, all right. Why does this lesson matter, guys? Why does this lesson matter? Why does this lesson matter? Talking about unity in the church. To many, the world seems to be 
in turmoil and disarray. Is your church looking like it's in turmoil and disarray? How can life change for people who are scattered and separated and have little concern for one another? That's a sign of disunity. You're scattered. You don't care nothing about each other. Now that's at the root. This is why you have disunity. How can life change for people who are scattered and separated and have little concern for one another? Ezekiel proclaims restoration of relationships under a renewed covenant in which God says, I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be their God and they will be my people. What is the focus of this lesson? In one way or another, most people have experienced disturbance or disruption of a significant personal relationship, even if only temporarily. There are ever-present complexities and challenges that come with living in a community. Your church community is a community as well. God, however, has called his people to be live peacefully with one another. God calls us to live peacefully with one another. His people, for the sake of love and for the sake of their witnessing to others. Although sin continues to cause divisions in marriages and families and institutions, governments and communities, Scripture frequently celebrates the blessing of unity among believers. Let's take a quick look at the context. God is the active agent in the process of restoration and unity, past and present. Past and present. Okay? God speaks a timeless prophecy that was relevant at the time of Ezekiel's ministry and remained relevant today for believers wrestling with rifts and disunity. The word of the Lord through the prophet also speaks of a time when people will bring unity to all the world under his internal rule. And in the text, God's action is not dependent on Israel's work, but rather his own gracious choice, extending love and mercy to a people who have broken their covenant with him repeatedly. Here God extends a gracious promise to an unbreakable covenant. You can see that in Ezekiel 8. Yeah, H. Yeah. Mention scripture, make that scripture, and read that. as Ezekiel the 8. The key to this unification is that the nation of Israel becomes once again God's people. That's in uh, verses 37, 37 verses 23. And it says there in 23, Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgression. But I will save them out of their dwelling place, wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them, so shall they be my people, and I will be their people. God's going to pick them up and clean them up. God can do the same thing with you. He's telling and what he's going to do. That's in Ezekiel 37, chapter, verses 23. This is part of the today's lesson as well. God accomplished this by rescuing them from their sins and purifying them from all, from all unrighteousness. You can see that in Romans 5, verses 6 through 11. And in Hebrews, verses 10, verses 19 through 22. In the context of Ezekiel's prophecies, this purification reflects the sacrificial rites of the atonement, sacrifice, 
You can see that in Leviticus 16, chapter verses 14 through 19. But it's applied to the heart and is eternally effective. Comparing that to Romans 3 and 25 and Hebrews 10 and 10 through 22. David here is a symbolic reference of the divinic covenant. You can see that in 2 Samuel in the second in the seventh verse, in which God comprises an external king from David's line to rule over God's people. God's claim of his people is proved in the sight of all the processes of the sanctification. His people will experience, and you can see this in Ezekiel 37 and 28. We should be talking about that as well today, Ezekiel 27 and 28. The transformation. What is the transformation? The changing. The way you look, the way you act, the way you speak, the way you do. You're transforming you from the old to the new you. The transformation of God's people to reflect his character. Transformation that will reflect God's character is the greatest proof that they are his. The transformation of your character and what you do and what you do and your action is the greatest the greatest proof that you are God's people. Now, how do God's people act? How do God's people act when they are ministering? How do God's people act within the church? How do God's people act within the body? How do God's people act? Ask yourself this question. How do you act? How do you act? That's a personal question. I can't tell you how you act, but you can tell who you act. And guess who knows how you act? You know as well as God knows. His character is the greatest proof that they are his. God described this entire process of claiming his people, their purification, their obedience, his dwelling with them in terms of covenant. You can see that in Ezekiel 37 and 27. 37 and 26, my apology, Ezekiel 37 and verse 26. But unlike the Mosaic covenant, this covenant is not conditional. You can see that in Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, verses 16 to 17, it's not conditional. All right? It is a, 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 a command. It's what you're supposed to do. You've got to maintain. you got to keep it. There ain't no if and or buts about it. It's not conditional. All right? But eternal based on, it's eternal. And it's based on God's action and promise. You can see that in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. All right, an open inquiry for you. Make sure you make notes of scripture, God willing, as we go along in the lesson. We're just about 13 minutes into the lesson, and we hope you're following along and being a part of the ministry this morning. Have you ever held membership in an organization that lacked unity of organization? Have you ever been part of an organization that lacked unity in organization? It's a mess, isn't it? It's a chaos. It's just, just like they said they deferred. Turmoil and disarray. Things just don't go right. What are the some negative effects of strife, disunity in, in, in groups? You just can't get along. You can't talk together. You can't work together. It, it messes with everything. You just can't hug and shake hands and COVID has dampened that a little bit, but you still can't be cordial and respectful and loving to each other because of disunity. It infects everything. It's like a little bit of yeast in the bread. 
Yeast goes all over the bread. It don't go in one spot. It goes everywhere. Share any strategies you have learned to promote unity. One of the things that I have found that will promote unity, just don't say a word. Pray about it. Talk to God about it. And guess what? You cannot change anybody. You yourself personally cannot change anyone. Only God can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. You believe that somebody is this or somebody else is that or you this or that. Or Take it to God. Take it to God in prayer. That person, who, if you have a relationship, you can talk to them, then you can, you're free to talk to them. But otherwise, take it to God. Okay? Pray about it. Let God have it. Okay? All right, insight. As believers, we understand unity comes from God. Unity. Put a pen in this. Unity comes from God. You make sure you pay attention to that. Unity comes from God. I uh, want you to make sure you pay attention to that. Unity don't come from me. Unity don't come from the pastor. Unity don't come from the deacons. Unity don't come from the usher board. Unity don't come from the finance committee. Unity don't come from the men's day program, women's day program, whatever you're doing in that church. Unity does not come from it. Unity comes from God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Unity comes from God. But it cannot be sustained without human effort. It cannot be sustained without human effort. That calls for something on your part. We must diligently seek after unity to do the things that promote it in a personal, professional, public, and spiritual relationship. You got to work at it. You got to work at it. Unity doesn't have to be a distant future reality. It doesn't have to be some way off in the future. It can be right now. It can be right now. With the cooperation and mutual efforts of all involved parties and the help of God, we can experience unity where it can have once seemed unlikely and impossible. It can happen. Take the time out and prepare yourself for unity. First, by getting in step with Jesus Christ, God Almighty. Say, as we seek the Lord, we must search our unity, search our unity in our personal relationship. Unity in your personal relationship community, and the world, unity and expression of love and regard for others. There may be times when, despite our best efforts, unity seems impossible. In such times, don't abandon hope. Ezekiel's message affirms that no matter how much time has passed, how deep the disagreement or offense, or how complicated and entangled the issue may be, nothing be too hard for God. I smile on that because nothing is too hard for God. You see somebody out in disunity and doing things out of unity and breaking peace and doing things like that. You just play a brother, ask God and tell him, call that name, go to God and, and let God handle it. Freddie, you can't change it. Charles, Edward, Mary, whoever, you can't change it. Only God can. All right, let's go to Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 21 through 24. 
uh, 21 through 24. It's a rather short lesson, but we're going to go right ahead on and we hope that you will be able to follow along with us. All right. In this portion of the scripture, we're going to be turning to different scriptures and we hope that you will be uh, um, following along with us. Okay. We are in Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. We're going to turn our scripture to Ezekiel, the 30th, our Bible to Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. Okay. We hope, as we say all the time, we hope everything is going well because God is good all of the time, every time. He does not make any mistakes. He is perfect in his being and who we are. And you can also strive to follow the character of Jesus Christ. We read uh, uh, Ezekiel 37, a vision of the valley of the dry bones is a restoration. All right. Okay, let us begin. Ezekiel 37, verses 21 through 24. 21 says, And say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathens, neither whether they be gone, or will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. God is telling you what, what he is going to do with his people. He clearly tells you what he's going to do in that first verse and bring them into their own land, okay? And I will make them one nation, one nation upon the mountain of Israel, and one king shall be king over them, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms more at all. All right, in verse 23, Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols. We read that earlier. Nor with detestable things, nor with their transgression, and will save them out. And he will save them out of their dwelling places where they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall be my people, and I will be their God. He's clearly laying out the foundation and the guideline of what he's going to do for his people. Okay. And let me interject something, right? God is talking about just his people at first now. But now he's talking about people that are Christian, people that are born again, lovers of Christ and do what Jesus Christ is. He's talking about believers in Christ. That's Gentiles as well as his people. Okay? And David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall have one shepherd. They shall in my judgment, observe my statutes and do them. Observe my statutes and do them. In other words, whatever the laws are that God has laid down, think of us in terms of the Ten Commandments. Remember all of those, that should not kill, all the different things that God uh, asks us to do and, and say are his laws. These things are not optional. These things that you need to do. You want to be peaceful in your church? Get in touch with God. Talk to God. Walk in the path and in the character and likeness of God. You want to have love and unity in your church? It ain't going to come about and say, they don't get along or they just, whatever. It's going to be something that you are going to have to work with. You're going to have to work with it through God, with God guiding you. Okay. Okay, let's look at that 24th verse, uh, that last 24th verse one more time before we move on. My <clears throat> My servant David will be king over them, and they will have one shepherd. They will follow 
my laws and be careful to keep my decree. <clears throat> okay, in your church, is your shepherd the pastor? Is your shepherd the Sunday school teacher? Is your shepherd the head deacon? Is your shepherd the head usher? Is your shepherd the financial clerk? Is your shepherd the secretary? Is your shepherd the choir leader? Uh, who is your shepherd in your church? Your shepherd should be your pastor. Your overall shepherd of all that's in the church is God Almighty, the creator. Get things in order, okay? Don't be running back and forth, getting this one to do that, or her to do this, or do that. Get things in order. Do things in order like they should be done, okay? All right. God made five tremendous promises. Here we go. Number one, he would restore them to their homeland. That's is in verses number 21 and 22. We have read that already. This restoration of God's people from, from every place carried far more weight than just the return from Babylon. It was a divine promise to bring store, restore Israel national unity. Number two, God would purify the people from idolatry. You can see that in verse number 23. See also 36 and 25. This prophetic message speaks of the new covenant. No one has the power to purify themselves. No one has the power to purify themselves. Let that sink in. You do not have power to you cannot purify yourself. Joyce, you can't purify yourself. Mary, Anne, whoever you are, wherever you are, John, whatever your name is, you do not have the power to purify yourself. The law of Moses was a guide, but it was no guide to create righteousness in human heart. Did you get that? God vowed to cleanse his people and renew a spiritual fellowship with them. The verse also pictures the promise of salvation through Jesus Christ and consecration by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the consecration of the Holy Spirit. Number three, David would rule as king over them at this time. David was already deceased. This was not a resurrected David. Instead, it refers to David's royal lineage, fulfilling the person of the Messiah, Jesus. He is the rightful spiritual heir, one who will rule over the throne of the spiritual Israel, God's eternal king. You can see that in Ezekiel 34 and verses 23 and 24. We must go back and read that again to reiterate that and make that powerful in your mind. Open up your mind to be spiritually, not worldly, not thinking about stuff in the world, but God, the heavenly realm. Not down here, but in the heavenly realm. Forget about what's going on in your church. Think spiritually. And it says, Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols. What's an idol? That could be anything that you make it to be. Money, cars, you know what it is. It could be the church itself. It could be the grounds. It could be the cemetery. It could be anything. You can't get hung up on idols and money and different stuff like that. You can't do it. That's all worldly stuff. That's all Satan stuff. Nor were they, nor were that detestable thing. What are your detestable things? You know what detestable things are. You know that that they are not in the Word of God and not how to read. 
That could be anything. That could be liquor. That could be alcohol. You could be a drug addict. You know what I'm saying? Drugs, whatever. Pornography, whatever. Okay? Nor with their transgression. What is transgression? Doing what is wrong. Going against the law. That should not steal. That means you are stealing. That should not kill. That means you are killing. Transgression means you transgress the law. You break the law. But I will save them out of their dwelling place. I will save them out of their dwelling place. Where you live. I will save you out of your turmoils and wherever you are. Where's your dwelling place? Tunnel Spring, Piedmont, Riley Crossing, Mike William, Montgomery, Mobile, New York City, wherever. He's going to save you right where you are. At on Ridge Road. On Turnbull Road. Wherever you are. God's going to save you there. Not somewhere else. He's going to save you dwelling place. Where is they? Where they have sinned. That's where he's going to save you from. Wherever you have sinned. Out of your dwelling place. All right. And we'll cleanse them up. He's going to clean you up. All right. So shall be my people and I will be their people. Now let's read 24 again. I'm warning you to move from the world to the spiritual realm of understanding and thinking. All right. Not at your church at Lily Baptist, not at your church at Antioch, not at your church in Beatrice or Riley Cross or Morningstar or wherever you attend church. I want you to move to the spiritual realm and understanding what I'm talking to you about. And David, my servant, shall be their king over them, and they shall have one shepherd, and they shall walk in my judgment and observe my statutes and do them. Powerful indeed. All right, that was number three. All right, let's go to uh, continue with the uh, the outline in which we went. There was not a resurrected David that we were talking about. We were talking about a, a spiritual lineage of, of David. The Messianic prophecy points directly to Jesus as the rightful heir to the throne of David. He is the people's shepherd, the righteous king and divinity ruler who redeems and unifies. The redemption and restoration of God's people in their homeland have physical and spiritual significance. Physical and spiritual significance. The physical it means you have to take a part in it. You have to be a part of it. Okay? The event will make their final full minute at the end of the age. Powerful words indeed. Please remain, review the appropriate student books and the related stuff, and we talk about this now. Here's a question for you. Have you experienced at a time when you counted a situation as utterly hopeless? <laughs> have you been in that situation? I have. Hopeless until God intervened in ways that only he can do to restore unity. Some things only God can do. There is nothing impossible for God. He could do to restore unity, wholeness, and hope. How did the experience impact your faith? <laughs> Excuse me. Itching nose. How did that situation impact your faith? What did it do for your faith? Something God changed or made better, only God can do. Your buddy didn't do it. The deacon didn't do it. The preacher didn't do it. Whoever in the church, your best friend, whatever. Your wife, your husband, they didn't do it. Another question. 
to backslide means to go back. That means to go back to what we used to do. To fall back into our sin. To, 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 to not continue to go forward and follow in Jesus' character and doing what is right and doing what God wants us to do. To backslide means to go back and not do that anymore. If it says that not kill, you start killing. If it says that's not, not steal, you start stealing. Whatever. If it says not to lie, then you go start lying. In other words, you backslide, okay? We all understand that. Those who backslide must repent and return to fellowship with God. You got to stop, repent. You got to turn around. You got to come back to God. Let's call for something on your part. Get down on your knees. God, I'm, I did this, blah, blah, blah. Be honest with who you did and what you did and who you did it to. You lied? Say you lied. God know you lied. You know you lied. You know you stole. You know you killed. Whatever. You lied about somebody. Whatever you did. You stole somebody. You stole whatever. Come to God and straighten it up. Why do many believers feel, fail to understand that it is impossible to backslide and follow God. It is impossible to backslide and follow God. You can't go in two different directions at the same time. You either go forward, following the character of God and being Christ-like in your worship and walk with God, or you go backward following Satan, the deceiver, the liar. It is clear as your face. Okay? All right, let's go to the uh, final outline. This is Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 25 through 28. Any scripture that we read or mention it, make note of it. Uh, if we don't turn to it and, and read it as we are going through, we will uh, hope that you will make note of it so that you can read it and follow through on it as well. All right, now here's something I do want you all to, to understand, and, and I want to do this. Uh, if you have a question about anything that we're saying in the scripture and you want to make a comment about it, please do so. We're on Facebook. My um, my number uh, is running across the bottom of the page there, Freddie C. Howard. Uh, my uh, email address is uh, housey, well, freddychoward at gmail.com. Uh, you can call me at 1251-362-1935. Or you can text me at 1251-362-1935. Let's interact. I have mentioned in, in the church and whatever about doing this in school, but only God can move in that direction. But only you can take the change or interact with me, what I'm saying. You can take it in, you can believe it, or whatever you want to. But that is up to you. It's a two-way street. But God has given me the one way to speak to you, and I'm in turn doing that. I'm following his direction and what he's asking me to do because I'm the Sunday school teacher there at Antioch in Charles Brent. So I've fulfilled my obligation to do what I am responsible for doing. Okay, let us go. This is uh, Ezekiel 37, chapter verses 25 through 28. We are just 34 minutes into the lesson and in the ministry. Here we go. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob my servant. What is a servant? Who is Jacob? You know who Jacob is. Remember Jacob's at the well? Remember? Jacob. You know what a servant is? Somebody that served. Not wait to be served, but you serve. You're a servant. Are you a servant? Are you waiting for people to serve you? All right. Wherein your father have dwelled and shall dwell therein. 
even they and their children and their children's children forever. For my David, for David shall be their prince forever. He is laying down some guidelines about leadership and who the people of God's people are. Isn't that powerful right there? It's, and then their children and their children forever and ever, my servant. Stay in the family of God. Stay with Jesus Christ. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and there shall be an everlasting covenant with them. He's going to make a covenant with them that's going to be everlasting, not broken, not starting and stopping, but everlasting. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. He is talking about God in the midst of his people. God in the midst of your life. God can be forever in the midst of your life. He said he's going to do that. As a believer, as a follower, as God's people. Right now he's talking about his people. But he's in turn referring to Christians, believers in Christ. That follow God. That follow the character of God. You don't break the laws. And if you do break the law, you come back. And look at verse 27. My tabernacle shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. My tabernacle. The center where I am. There I will be. They will be also. I will be their God. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel with my sanctuary shall be the midst of them forevermore. God is going to, I don't care what we're going through, God is going to be God's power. This is what we're talking about, God's power. All for one and one for all. Are you like that? My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. He is clearly telling you, brothers and sisters, that he's going to be with you. I am your God, and I'm going to be with you through thick and thin, bad, up and down, whatever. Just hold my hand. Stay with me. Don't get uh, to the point where you'll backslide. If you do, you can still come. You can repent. You can turn and come back. But don't just keep going away from God. Come to him. The reunion and restoration of Israel would not happen in secret. God made a public showing of what he was doing with his people. And guess what? Let me make a note here. God will do things for you. In public. For you. But you have to be in his will that it happened. That you live right. You treat people right. You can't talk and act like a dog and expect to get things done like you ought to be. If you're already in disarray and creeping up a whole lot of noise and stuff that is not Christ-like in this church and in among his people and in your household. Follow the character of God. In the remaining verses, God adds more blessings to his list of promises. Number four, God will establish an everlasting covenant of peace with the people. An everlasting covenant. Verses number 26, that's what he said. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them in 
and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. He says it clearly. Ezekiel 34 and 25, he also says it. And Isaiah, he says it in 54 and 10. Do we need to read 34 and 25 again? Let's do that. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your father have dwelled, and they shall dwell therein. And they and their children and their children and children's children forever, and my servant David shall be their prince forever. Clear lines of leadership and con continued love and caring for him through Jesus Christ. His people shall shelter in a place of perfect peace that is marked as, as unprecedented boundary. You can see that in Ezekiel 30 verses 10 and 11. Ezekiel 36 verses 10 and 11. Let's look at that real quick. Ezekiel 36 verses 10 and 11. What does it say? And I will multiply men upon you, all the houses of the earth, even all, all of it, and the city shall be inhabited, and the water shall be built. And 11 says, I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bring fruit, and I will sell you according to your old estate, and I will do better unto you than your beginning, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. God is absolutely good. He is clearly telling you what he's going to do. All right. Lastly, lastly, God will dwell among his people. He's going to dwell among you. You can see that in verse number 26 and 28. In verses 26 and 28. He's going to dwell. In other words, he's going to be right there with you. The temple God's dwelling place shall be sanctified by God's holy presence. Verse 27. Yeah, Mary. Stand by just a minute, please. Bear with us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for calling, brother. All right. God bless you, son. Be safe. Happy Father's Day, too. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you all for bearing with us the interruption there. That was my brother, uh, Dwight. Uh, wishing me a happy Father's Day. Um, I thank him for thanking of me. And we're hoping that you have a great Father's Day as well. All right. Let us continue with the, the, the lesson. In verse 26 and 28, Ezekiel pictures the rebuilding of the temple. You can see that in, 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 in chapter 40 of this same lesson, uh, of the next lesson. The prophecy was first fulfilled with the construction of the temple built by the returning exile. Its final fulfillment had not been met because Israel had failed to meet 
the conditions. Scholars believe second fulfillment lies in gathering of converted Israel into the body of Christ. It looks forward to the time when the tabernacle of God will be with his people. See Revelations 21 and 3. Ezekiel gives a fuller description of the sanctuary in chapters 40 through 48. For believers in every generation, there is no deliverance from captivity without a return to a sanctuary worship. Something that you do understand. There is no deliverance from captivity without a return to a place of well-being, where you can well, where you can thrive. The wealth of God with his people is worship is important and our existence and ability to stand and remain free from spiritual setback. All right, we're closing in on the end of the lesson. In what ways can we let the world know how the Lord has blessed his people? Talk about what he has done for you. Talk about what he has done for you. You know how he's blessed you and your family and other loved ones in your family, of other people, not necessarily in your family. You know what God has done for you and what God will do for others. Tell others about it. What are the risks and dangers of deep division among people today as an ancient as an ancient Israel? All the risk is tremendous. You can get pulled to the side and, and, and thrown off by all kinds of things taking place in your life. But you need to stay close to God. Prayer, follow God's character, love and care for each other. Those are important things. Prayer, stay in prayer all the time. God's dwelling place has always been set apart. Have you set apart your home for prayer? Is there a place that you set aside for prayer in your home? Is there a time that you pray? Is there a place where you pray? What are you doing in that regard? Have you found a quiet place that you go to? Are you doing for a walk and you pray talking to God? What do you do to stay connected with God? I have a habit of repeatedly saying the Lord's Prayer over and over, all the time. Um, perhaps that is good, perhaps that, I don't know, but that's what I do. Anytime I'm in need, I uh, in, 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 in want support for my spiritual being, my well-being, or my physical being, I'm praying, asking God, our Father, which art in heaven. And I love to sing the song, Jesus, keep me near the cross, to myself. I don't sing it out, but I just sing it and pray it and pray it. God's dwelling place has always been set apart. Set apart home for prayer and pray to Almighty God. How have you done? That's a personal question only you can answer. Consider your personal life and think of ways in which you can improve your relationship with God, including your private devotion and your public witnessing. How can you do that? What can you do to help others? What can you do to help at your church? How can you empower yourself through worship with Jesus Christ and follow God and be encouraged by following Jesus Christ, God Almighty, our Creator, God the Father. Share with an account, accountability partner. Do you have somebody that you talk to with and about different things? You know, it's called accountability partner. In other words, you may have a friend, maybe a lady, maybe a female, maybe a man, maybe a, whoever, maybe a cousin, whoever it may be. 
having to get you an accountability partner that you can talk to. I'm going through this and blah, blah, blah. You know, it holds you accountable to what you are supposed to do. All right? Partner your thoughts for your life section and stay on track daily and draw closer to God. Stay on track daily. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, stay there. Don't get off track, okay? That's where backsliding and stuff is slipping on you. Stay on track. Consider the many covenants we make with one another. Car loans, weddings, vows, mortgages, all those different things that we do. What makes the agreement binding? The agreement that is effective. You agree to do this. You sign your name that I'll do this, I'll do that. Make an agreement. Stay on target. Follow the character and be like Jesus Christ. Don't be backstabbing and talking about folks and different things like that. You may slip in there once in a while, but get back on track. Don't do it all the time. If you slip, get back up. How significant is it to you is your spiritual covenant with God? How significant is your spiritual covenant with God? You got a covenant with that car, with the bank, and so forth, that car loan, ain't you? You got a covenant with that credit union, so forth, that car loan, ain't you? Items that I own, car, I own, you know what I'm saying? All them different things, you own. You got a covenant on that. Why do you have a covenant on your spiritual life and your walk with Christ? Huh? All right. Jesus said, if a house is divided against itself, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. That in Mark, the third chapter, verses 25. I, I, let's, the third chapter, verse 3, the third chapter, verse 25. Let's read that. The third chapter, verse number 25. If a house is divided, it can't stand. Let's turn to it real quick. We thank you all for bearing with us in the interruption that we had today. God is awfully good. Mark the third chapter and verse number 25. And guess what it said? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. You can't stand. If you are divided in yourself about God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you can't make it. Satan will come in. It's like being on sinking sand. It's like building a house on a foundation that is not solid. Build your foundation, a relationship with God on solid ground. Unify. Be one in Christ. Don't be like this yesterday and then today, another way tomorrow, next week you another way. Okay? The scripture tells yourself, Mark, the third chapter, verse number 25. Clearly tells you. All right? Okay? Okay, let's go ahead on and close it out. Um, consider the many negative ways in which today's world is divided. Just think about it. <laughs> I don't believe you have to spend too much time thinking about the division of, this, of the world. Think about your own church. Some people just won't go along with anything. That's in the church, in the world, in your house, in business, you just can't get in agreement. Some people you just can't work with. But you can forge ahead by staying focused and bringing that person or that situation before God in prayer constantly. 
then God guides you and leads you. What outcome do you imagine if nations, communities, and families were to overcome destructive division? What could we do? Thank you guys for being with us this morning. Again, we apologize for the interruption. We're 50 minutes into the ministry and the lesson, and we want to thank all of you and y'all. Um, services uh, is uh, just Sunday school today on first and uh, uh, third Sunday, but uh, we have uh, 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 Reverend I have services at his sister church, uh, Lily Baptist, on first and uh, Fifth Sundays and Antioch on second and fourth Sundays. We hope you'll join us uh, for the fourth Sunday uh, Sunday message of the lesson of the Sunday school as well as the pastor ministry. Also coming up Sunday in July will be at Antioch, another tradition, but it's uh, every day. If you don't think it's just something special for men. It is special for for all men to be men any day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, be a man. The next week's lesson, the lesson topic for Sunday, June the 25th, 2023, is a fresh start. Everybody needs a fresh start. How about you? You need a fresh start? You can do that right now. You can do that next week. But you do need a fresh start. Everybody needs a fresh start. Devotion reading is 2 Corinthians the fifth chapter, verses 12 through 21. The background scripture is Zephaniah, the third chapter, verses 14 through 20. And the printed text is going to come out of Zephaniah, the third chapter, verses 14 through 20. All right, our guide for the week. Here's a way to help you in your walk with Christ and keep you in the path in which you need to go. Monday, June the 19th, love with, love with an everlasting love. That's in Jeremiah, the third chapter, verses 1 through 9. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, I'm sorry. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, verses 1 through 9. Tuesday, June the 30th, a new covenant. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, verses 27 through 34. New covenant, that's a new agreement, okay? Wednesday, June the 21st, we walk by faith. We walk by faith. That is in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 11. Thursday. Renewed in Christ, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 12 through 21. Friday, June the 23rd, God abounds in steadfast love. Steady love. God abounds in steadfast love. That's in Psalms 86, uh, 1 through 7, and 9 through 16 standard. Saturday, June the 24th, love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is the greatest. Make sure you read that. That's for Saturday. Sunday, June the 25th, the Lord is in your midst. Zephaniah, the third chapter, verses 14 through 20. All right. God bless you and thank you. Let us go to the throne. Our Father, dear Lord, please rekindle the fire within us rekindle the fire within us that we may shine for your glory as witnesses before the entire world. Remove fear and doubt, Jesus. Build our faith and determination as we serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch, no one back.
Rappers. Radio station, Hot Gospel, located at 316 Avenue here in Beaches, Alabama, uh, 251-362-1935. Give us a call sometime, 1-251-362-1935. You can send us a text about the Sunday School lesson. You can also email us at Howard at gmail.com. On behalf of all of us here at the church and the deacons and Reverend Oliver and everybody at Antioch, as well as the ones at Lily Baptist, we thank you all. God bless you all. And take care, and we'll see you next time on House Production Gospel. God is absolutely good.